0: Welcome back to the Vacation Rental Micro School podcast, and this season is brought to you by our friends at Breezeway. And if you haven't heard me talk about Breezeway in previous episodes, then you need to go back and listen because Breezeway is the number one software to help all property managers and hosts of any sizes with any team size as well to make sure that they are managing their turnovers with ease and automation at hand. Not only does Breezeway have the best-in-class software, but they have the best-in-class field app for anyone from housekeepers to maintenance and all the above. You can handle turnover automation, inspection tasks, and any unexpected field work that might come up as we talk about in this show. So make sure you check out the link in the show notes, get our special offer from Breezeway to all of our listeners, and now let's get back to the episode. All right, good morning, Heather. We are back for day three. And obviously, as all of our listeners know, unless they skipped an episode or two, we are in operations week or back to the basics as I like to call it. And we're gonna cover what are the first things you need to do in order to fully prepare for operations for your guests? And I know you have quite the list, so I'm just going to let you take it away from here because there's a lot to hit in 10 to 12 minutes.
1: When I first started, which was way back in 1999, which is when I got my first property, I was in England and my property was in Canada. And I knew absolutely nothing, zero, about about the, the vacation rental business. I just bought the property, decided I was going to rent it out, and off off we went, and I learned a lot over that, over that period. It was about a two or three year period. I bought three or four properties after that. And I was still managing them from UK before we, before we moved out. The first thing is, is that you've got to have boots on the ground. You, you've got to have somebody that you trust implicitly to be there when, when something happens, when something goes wrong and something will go wrong. Things will go wrong regardless of where your property is. I mean, ours were in in the, the depths of Ontario where it froze to ridiculous temperatures in the winter and things froze up. But we had a local property manager, uh, a local property manager who was a neighbour who was there to do everything until he wasn't, until he went on vacation and forgot to tell us that he was going. And that taught me one very, very important lesson. You can have all the changeover and maintenance plans in the world that, uh, that that work perfectly but you've got to have backups so you have backups for so this is your your pre-rental plans don't rent without a backup to your main to, to the main functions that your property manager or your service people are going to 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 do so yeah that's the first thing you don't just have one person you have two people how you do that have you People do that in different ways. Hire a company to do it, then there's going to be a backup because they're going to guarantee you that they will be there for the 24 hours a day that, uh, that you need them to, to be on call. And I know that's not always practical. You know, sometimes it's not practical to have somebody on call 24 hours a day, but you do need to have that time between, let's say, 8 o'clock in the evening and it's 8 o'clock in the morning. You've got to have that covered too, not necessarily to get somebody out to do something, to fix something, but at least to answer the phone. So, so that's really important. Is And the person who answers the phone doesn't have to be on site. It, you could use a company, and there's plenty of companies that will offer those services that will be, so not necessarily boots on the ground, but, but ears in the air, I guess. <laughs> so because if somebody has, you know, if you've got a guest and they have something that goes wrong in the middle of the night, they want to speak to somebody, just to give you a, a story from years ago, I, I went to the Bahamas for the first time, and it was a beautiful property. But the first night we were there, there was a powerful thunderstorm, and the power went off. And of course, we're in a, we're in a, the first night, so we were very unfamiliar with the place, and we couldn't find our way around in the in the dark. Um, we managed, but first. You know, We wanted to tell somebody there was nobody on the end of a phone. So the water cut off because of the power outage, because there was an electric water pump. So we had no water. We didn't know that that was going to happen if the power went out. I mean, we knew that there might be power outages because we were told that, but we didn't know what the... you know, what functions of the property would work or wouldn't. We didn't get hold of anybody until about twelve hours later because the and what what we found found out was that um the owner was away and not in an area where they could get cell phone access. Their caretaker on the island, his cell phone had been cut off. So he wasn't getting any messages. So this was day one of a of a longed for vacation and we were already soured. And everything, you know, that went down after that, even though we had a great time, I never forgotten that first night. And that was simply because they didn't have those maintenance and ma- maintenance issues backed up and have somebody there. So I've gone on a bit about that, but I think it's really important. And certainly emergency plans. You know, you need to plan for absolutely every occurrence. So it could be a power outage. It could be a raccoon chewing through something. It could be a squirrel in the house. We had one property with where we had a call at 11 o'clock at night to say there was a bat in the bedroom and that that was that was tough we had to deal with incredibly upset people because they were terrified of this bat in this room but we were there at the end of the phone for them and but they wanted somebody to go in then and there and get rid of this bat but we'd we, we we had plans in place to to deal with the emotion even though we couldn't deal with the physical aspect of it.
0: Well, as I was gonna say, there's uh, been quite a few people, maybe not exactly on this season, but we've had a lot of people always talk about the missed opportunity when you don't answer the phone. I know Brooke Fotz from Ventory always talks about, you know, people don't answer the phone. So the owners are calling these vacation rental management companies and no one answers. So guess what? They go to Vacasa. Or they go to your local competitor. Mm-hmm. Then like, you know, when you have guests in-house, they need... call someone sometimes it's not just communicating through airbnb or verbo or email which is not the most convenient when you have things pop up that maybe weren't expected or out of your control so then also you know guests wanting to book you in the future or wanting to book they want to talk to sally because she took such good care of them and now sally's maybe not sally's job to answer the phone but no one's answering the phone so that they can pass that along and take care of that guest so i think it's really important For you guys when you were managing remotely to then becoming in person i'm I'm sure a lot of the listeners are kind of questioning like well this sounds like a full-time job this is like a you're 24 7. how do you i guess is there things you can do to kind of give yourself some boundaries from the business or do you have to embrace the constant 24 7 thing we call hospitality and people living their lives
1: well, you've got, to, you, you've got to move it over to how the guest is feeling because that's the most important thing. Just because you've, you've bought a property and you've, uh, you've posted it online, that, that does not take away all those responsibilities that then come after it. And, and those responsibilities, responsibilities do include being available or having somebody available. So somebody needs to be available. In many areas, in fact, you will only be able to get a licence if to, to offer a rental, if somebody is available to respond to an issue within one place, that was 20 minutes, which is a, was uh, was an interesting one. But, you know, res- somebody that's available to respond within a short, short time. But I, I you know, I, I certainly get to you about the phone. One thing we did with our company from the very beginning, we yeah. uh, we engaged the services of a local call centre and it was local. It wasn't so it was in Ontario. And and this call center took all calls from eight o'clock in the evening to eight o'clock in the morning. And if there was, they they were able to determine if something was an emergency. Now, to us, an emergency would be risk of life, endangerment of life, and smell of smoke, that that sort of thing. Dripping tap did not constitute an emergency at eleven o'clock, nor did how does how do I get the microwave to work? because it's 11 o'clock at night and I want to sit and watch a movie. But we we had those calls, but we always had somebody available to answer the phone. And because of all the emergency planning we did, we were able to put so much into our digital guides that if it was a question on how do you get the microwave to work, we could simply send them to the digital guide where they could click on the manual for the microwave in that property. So, there there's ways around it, but it, it does require a lot of thought and a lot of pre-planning. But you don't have to be physically there. Well, you have to be available, but not physically there to actually go and do something. Because, you know, with in, in my 20 years of having hundred plus properties, there was only one incident, I think, when we had a real emergency in the middle of the night.
0: And that's A good statistic to have because that shows preparedness on a lot of other things. And as our former week host, co-host guest, however you want to call it, Justin Ford explains, you know, anticipation of these emergencies. One thing I wanted to cover before we close out today was linen closet slash supply. Hotels is my background where I originally started. We had supply closets on every floor. We had a laundry facility on site. We had all this stuff. Pretty much everything you could ever need. My last property before I fully went into this industry we called vacation rentals was an all suite property. So every room or unit suite had a kitchen, washer and dryer. It was an apartment basically. Mm-hmm. And we had great linen closets stacked. So vacation homes are a little bit different. You have now what is a residential property property people store clothes and a bunch of junk in their closet and who knows whatever else. Now you have these empty spaces that in a sense we are using it in a commercial aspect. So for you, is there anything specific? I know we were talking pre, pre recording of day three and kind of talked about toilet seats and extra this. And, you know, um, you know, what do you do if your, your lock is completely frozen? So did you have a certain, kind of set up for your your linen or storage closets on property how did you guys handle stuff like that when it came to to backups and to emergencies
1: i mean every every property was was different because our properties were so spread out so so this is probably like most of of your listeners in fact you know it, it's not the same as when if it, if it's just one company in the outer banks that you know you could virtually walk to every property from the office so we had this experience about of, of having properties all over the place. So each one was, was individual. We always encouraged our owners to have spare linens on site. We encouraged spare light bulbs, batteries, toilet paper, you know, all, all the paper products, et cetera. You mentioned toilet seats. That was something that came about, you know, 10 years or so into the business, I think. And then we realized that how many how many calls we were getting saying, oh, I'm so sorry, the toilet seat's cracked. So we encouraged you know, all our owners and all our properties to have a spare toilet seat. And I, mm-hmm. I, I remember talking to, talking to an owner a number of years ago on, on my podcast, when, and she said that she kept a spare stove, refrigerator, and microwave in her garage just in case Any of those went down at a a critical time. And in fact, she did have a critical time when she had a call on Christmas Day from the guests to say that the oven wasn't working. And they were able to, no worries, I have. I have got a spare one for you (laughs) to deliver that. And you can imagine the goodwill that that generated. I
0: can't imagine that guest coming back year after year, just looking in the garage like, did she get another oven? Is there another one back there? (laughs)
1: Yeah, so you know, some some companies I knew do do keep spare refrigerators, but um, you know, we 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 delivered fans and microwaves and and all sorts of spare units around our area for sure. But in in general, and and in general, think about what might go wrong, what might go down while a guest is there, and and ensure that you have something spare so it's covering it's covering all eventualities
0: very true it's covering a lot and again all of our listeners are probably like wow this is so much more but i'm super glad that you mentioned the digital guides i think that is super important any thought you have on your property and or destination should be in that guide
1: exactly and and those digital guides have you know they've got unlimited space so you don't get the call when it says you know how do i turn the, the temperature up on the hot tub because it's in there.
0: Well, this is a great way to close out day three, but we're going to go into (laughs) how to create a proper listing and how do you understand what channels are made for that listing. So we'll see you again on day four, Heather.